One of the things we don't do enough of is saying goodbye. It's the end of 2022. We're about to start a new year. And that can come with a lot of pressure. You might be feeling that right now. You might be feeling the pressure to add new goals to your life, to lose weight, to do more things, to make your to-do list bigger. And I want to suggest saying goodbye to some of that exhaustion, pressure, overwhelm, frustration in exchange for something better. I want to offer the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I want to offer love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Not because I have that to offer, but because that has been given to all of us through Christ. And so today I want to talk about saying goodbye. That might mean saying goodbye to relationships that no longer serve you, ideas that no longer serve you, identities that no longer serve you, and stuff that no longer serves you. So we're going to talk about why it's important to say goodbye, how to do it in a way that is genuine and meaningful, that creates closure, and how to stay committed to our goodbyes because so often we say goodbye to something in our lives because we recognize this isn't good for me anymore. It's time to let it go. But then it becomes one of those things we go back to when life gets hard. And so reconciling your decision to make that commitment and say goodbye to something or someone, including possibly your own self-image, And staying committed to that, even when it's difficult, even when you're stressed out, even when you're challenged and you're tempted to go back. So let's begin. Welcome, ladies. This is Lily Matanguiza, your Christ-centered relationship coach, and I am recording today's podcast from my closet because I've realized that the last few recordings have been really echoey. It's because I've been putting together a new little office space and it's really empty right now. It's just a desk and the window and so there's a lot of echo in there and you know that I always want to bring you the very very best that I can and so I wanted to create a easier listening experience. So I'm tucked away in my closet with my kids comforter over the closet doors and the shoes beside me. And I want to remind you that it's okay to do with less. You know, so often we get overwhelmed in life because we're constantly seeking more. We're afraid that we don't have enough. And so we're going out into the world in search of more. We're seeking, we're knocking, we're asking because we don't recognize that we already have everything we need, that everything we need is right here within us. And so a lot of my coaching, a lot of the work that I do is all about helping you to seek first the kingdom of God by recognizing that the kingdom of God is here and it's within you. And it's a place that you can always come back to. Whenever things are feeling wild and chaotic, 
whenever there's pain and doubt, there is this safe place, this Christ-centered, sacred space within the heart of each of us, where we can meet with our Lord and Savior and find peace that surpasses all understanding. But in order to do that, sometimes we have to say goodbye. Now, I've noticed that there's a huge temptation to towards minimalism, but at our own expense. And that's not what I'm talking about either. Because we have to find this space, this common ground between extreme hoarding, which some of us are guilty of, and giving everything away and living like there is no space for joy and pleasure in our lives. There is a happy medium. There is a balance between those two. And when we have a tendency to swing towards one end of the spectrum or the other, we keep our lives in that like chaotic whirlwind kind of energy. And so what I want to suggest is being very intentional and clear about what it's time to release and when it's time to release it. You know, I love the beginning of the year because there's this common energy we all share that celebrates the opportunity to begin again. And I'm always telling you, we don't have to wait till January 1st to begin again. This is something that is available to us through Christ any minute, any day, whenever we need it. If things are going wrong, if we're struggling in our relationships, at work, um, with church, with our own progress in life, we can just stop and begin again. This is a tool that I've been practicing over the last few months in my journey as a parent, because sometimes I get overwhelmed. Sometimes I get frustrated. And especially like after a long day of doing a lot of different things, I'm always multitasking. It's something I want to slow down on a bit as well. But at the end of the day, I can be really frustrated and I can be short tempered with my kids. And the idea that I can begin again and that I can just decide for the next five minutes, I'm going to go back to being an exceptional mom because that's one of my goals. I want to be an exceptional wife and mom, but sometimes I don't feel like it. Sometimes I don't behave like an exceptional mom, but I recognize that I can always go back, pause, stop, and from here going forward, refocus on being the kind of mom I want to be, slowing down, listening appreciating, talking to them, just being with them, finishing the bedtime story, whatever we're doing, I can be that person now. And so can you in any area that you choose. But when we think we have to have it all and be it all, all the time, that's when we create a lot of overwhelm and stress and anxiety. So recognizing when something no longer serves you, you don't have to keep doing it just because you spent money on it, just because you've always done it that way, just because you were told that that is the way to do it. You get to decide from this moment going forward, 
if it really is for you. And so this will come up in a lot of different ways. I mean, it can come up with from everything from how you cook a meal to how you do your lifestyle routines to whether or not you decide to keep your Netflix subscription. You know, you might get to a point where you realize, you know, just because I've always had Netflix doesn't mean I need to have it now. And that's kind of like an idea we can borrow and use in any area of your life. Just because you've always had it, does that mean it still serves you today? And if you had never had it, would you decide to get it today? Would you decide to spend that money, that time, that investment in it today? If not, that's a good way to decide and discern whether or not it's something worth keeping in your life now. But all too often, the main reason we keep things in our lives is because we're afraid of experiencing regret if we were to get rid of it. We think, oh, if I throw it away, if I get rid of it, then I won't have it if I need it. And then I'll feel regret. And so rather than creating the potential where you feel regret, we just hoard and we keep and we stuff things into like, you know, the bag of bags, that kind of like, oh, you never know when you might need a bag. You might never know when you might need a container. So we have cupboards full of containers. We have bags full of bags. And it's not necessary because if you need a bag, you'll be able to find one. We have to trust that in the future, we'll be able to find what we need, even if we don't hoard it today. And getting rid of something Letting something leave your life doesn't mean that the experience you had with it is invalid. So let's say a relationship. If you end the relationship today, it doesn't mean that the years you were friends no longer counts. Just because you don't want to be friends with somebody today doesn't undermine all of the beautiful, wonderful, healthy healing experiences you had over the past few years. And this is really true when we have childhood friends that we're trying to keep in our lives, you know, our high school friends, our college friends, friends from the past. And the only relationship we have with them today is these not very meaningful conversations over Facebook Messenger or something. And it's okay to just say to yourself, like, I would rather spend my time and energy investing in real life, in-person relationships, rather than the nostalgia of who we used to be when we were 16. Because here's what happens if we're not willing to say goodbye. If we're not willing to say goodbye, what we end up doing is dragging the past along with us. Imagine that everything you owned, everything you've had in your life, all the relationships you've had, all the memories were connected to you by strings and you're trying to move forward, but you're dragging all of this stuff behind you and you don't need it, you don't want it, but you're afraid to let it go. Because, well, first of all, we get used to doing it, right? We get used to dragging all that stuff with us. It feels comfortable. It's a bit of a security net. But it's like dragging a parachute with you through the jungle. Yes, you need a parachute when you are jumping out of an airplane. But 
taking that parachute with you once you hit the ground doesn't serve you. You have to cut those ties and let yourself walk freely so that you can actually make progress and get to your destination. So how do you know when it's time to say goodbye? Well, here are a few questions that I want you to consider. This will help you think through the process. The first question is, if it's an item, would you buy it again? Would you buy it today? You know, all those cute tops you bought on sale, if they were full price and you had to go to the store and buy it today, if it wasn't already in your closet, would you? Really think about it. How many pieces of clothing, how many shoes, how many purses, how many, you know, whatever, little makeup products are cluttering up your space that if you had to reinvest in them today, you just would never do it because you recognize it wasn't that great in the first place. I never really used it. It was the wrong color. It was the wrong size. And yet we keep these things in hopes of someday, you know, if I happen to gain weight, these pants will fit. If I happen to lose weight, then these pants will fit. If I need a pair of shoes for a fancy occasion, maybe I'll wear those ones, even though you know that they kill your feet and you got really bad blisters, yet we keep them anyways. But what would happen if we just decided like, I'm not going to wear shoes that are uncomfortable anymore. I actually have gotten kind of good at this out of necessity. Because of the way we live and traveling back and forth between Canada and Zimbabwe, I only go shopping once a year. It's, it's a bit of a season of shopping. It's not like one shopping trip for the year, but it's a couple of months where I'm picking up all of the clothes, all of the shoes, the backpacks, the accessories that we're going to need as a family for the next year. I do all of my shopping while I'm in Canada, and then I have to bring all of that with me in eight suitcases. I have eight suitcases, and that is the constraint that the airlines enforce. That's how much I can take with me. And so I have to be very mindful about what do we actually need do we need this or would this just be a nice luxury to have? And of course, sometimes I pack luxuries. I want luxuries in my life. I really do. But I need to make sure that the most important things are packed into the suitcase first. So obviously, my daughter's medical supplies are the first thing I invest in and pack into the suitcases. And then the clothes that they're going to need because, well, they grow so fast, especially my daughter, Chipo. She is two shoe sizes away from me. I'm a size nine and she's already a size seven. And we have size eight shoes that we can mutually wear. It's ridiculous. And so I'm buying in her current size and the size she'll be next and the size she'll need for the next weather season. So we have hot clothes and cold clothes. And all of this has to be like compacted into eight suitcases. So this gives me an opportunity to really practice minimizing things. I have to choose very carefully which books I want to bring because I want my children to love reading. And yet books are really, really heavy and you can't take very many of them with you on an airplane. So I choose one set right now. We're working through the Chronicles of Narnia and I absolutely love it. And it allows us to get really into one thing at a time. You know, we live in a society that wants to 
have so many things going on all the time to read all the books to have all the things. And it's nice to hyper focus on a few things and get really good at enjoying a few simple things. So thinking about that, what would you really like to simplify and deeply enjoy in the year to come or in the season to come? Sometimes it's hard to think about a whole year in advance, and so it's easier to break it down into seasons. If you're in North America, you've got the winter season coming up. What would be really good for you? And what would be good for you to say goodbye to? Beautiful questions to ask yourself. So another helpful question you can ask yourself to decide whether or not it's time to say goodbye, this applies especially to habits, is would I start it today? So let's use an extreme example like smoking. Knowing what you know now, knowing how much it would cost, how much it would bother you, how it would affect your life, would you start smoking today? And if not, that means that it's probably good time to say goodbye to smoking in your life. Now, that's an extreme example, obviously. Most people who, if they are smokers, already recognize that this isn't a healthy habit and are working through um, trying to quit. But think about how this could apply to other areas of your life, like a Netflix subscription, for example, or, you know, any of the subscriptions you happen to spend money on. If you we're going to sign up for it today. If it wasn't already a habit that you had started in your life, would you choose to keep going with it? And if not, it might be time to cancel that subscription. This also applies to ideas. If you were told some of the ideas that you have in your mind, the beliefs that you hold, if you were told them again today, would you believe them? Knowing everything that you know, Sometimes we we hold on to ideas because that's what I've always thought. That's what I've always believed. And this is especially true when it comes to our personal identity, our beliefs about ourselves or our self-image. Like, I'm just shy. I'm just not good at X, Y, Z. I just don't like X, Y, Z. I'm not comfortable with whatever. And You know, it's good to know yourself, but also remember that as a human, you're very flexible. You're very fluid. And if you want to create certain results in your life, like being outgoing and meeting new people, you might have to let go of the identity of I am someone who's super shy and doesn't like to go out and meet new people. Because usually there's some middle ground there. You can still be shy and decide that it's worth it for you to kind of let go of that identity and start to embrace a new identity. Now, this can lead to the feeling of imposter syndrome, but imposter syndrome is a natural, normal process of becoming the next version of you. There is definitely going to be a period at which you don't feel like you are that person yet. And, you know, until you become, until you are living that lifestyle, until you are doing the thing, it is very um, offsetting. It, It feels inauthentic and you feel like you are not yourself because you're trying to be not your old self, but a new self. And it's not your comfort zone yet. 
Now, there's a commonly held belief that the only reason we should say goodbye to something or someone is if it's broken, it's not working, if it's just old or, you know, no longer especially useful. And, you know, there's there's some merit to that idea, but it's also true that in order to move from what is good to what is great, we have to be willing to let go of the good things to make space for the great things. So I want to encourage you to associate less with who you were and more with who you are becoming. Now, when it comes to wanting to be a wife, what things do you want in your life that are associated with your future? And what things are you keeping in your life that you no longer need and possibly no longer want? Sometimes we want them, but we don't need them and it's really time to let them go. But either way, what are you keeping in your life that you no longer want or need because it is very much associated with you being single? It's kind of like your security blanket as a single person. What would you give up? What would you declutter when you go to move in with your husband. This is a great exercise to do ahead of time, like way ahead of time. Like now, I would suggest doing it now. Don't wait till you meet somebody. Don't wait until you're engaged. Don't wait until you're married. Start decluttering your life and preparing space for what you want to create rather than holding space for what already is. And the funny thing is, once we do this work, we usually end up wishing we had done it sooner because we recognize how freeing it is, how much lighter we feel when we get rid of those old ideas, those old beliefs, those old mementos. If you are still holding on to trinkets and souvenirs from past relationships, ask yourself why. Why do you want to have those things? What are you getting out of that ownership? And are those items possessing you? Because that's what happens a lot of times. Our possessions end up possessing us. And we spend time thinking about old relationships, ruminating on them, wondering what we did wrong, wondering why we can't find somebody better or somebody more like that person. And it just isn't helpful. And so it is helpful to take the time and space to clear out the old and make room for the new. Now, is saying goodbye hard? Yes. Yes, it is. Letting go can be very difficult. It can be a very painful experience, but that doesn't mean we should avoid it or put it off. It means we should have compassion with ourselves as we're doing it. We should let it go. We should say goodbye and then treat ourselves with so much love and kindness and compassion because it is difficult. It does burn when we let things go. And I want to encourage you to be brave, to experience the loss, to feel the heartache when you let something go. To recognize that the items you are keeping are not the person that you miss. That you can let go of the item 
and still have all the love and appreciation for the person. So think about if you have a loved one who's passed on and you're keeping all of their old stuff. My mom is doing this with her mom and she has all of her old Christmas cards, all of the old photographs, all of the trinkets, the decorations from the walls of her house everything and it's taking up so much space and it's ironic because my mom and dad decided to build their their retirement home as a tiny house but they do not have a minimalist lifestyle that fits their tiny house so they've had to buy extra shipping containers to hold all the extra stuff that doesn't even fit in their house and the house is quite packed with extra stuff and it's very difficult because she's already lost her mom my grandmother and she doesn't want to let go of any of these items and yet she can't enjoy them either because they're put away in storage and they're they need to be moved every time she goes to get something else out of the storage container. She's also a teacher. So like the, the teaching supplies and all of my grandmother's stuff are always getting mixed together. And then she's got to sort through it. It's a big to do. And I understand and I have so much compassion for my mom. And I can't imagine the pain and the heartache that she experiences in all of this. But at the same time, I also recognize that my grandmother is not in those things. And it is easier to decide on a few things of significance that you can really enjoy, that you can look at often, that you can appreciate and really take care of those things and have them out rather than to have shipping containers full of stuff that does not serve you that isn't going to be used because eventually I know that that entire shipping container is going to become my problem and I already have a plan for how I'm going to deal with it because I I am not somebody who holds on to a lot of things that that's a benefit I guess of having moved a lot and always having to collect things and then pare down and collect things and then pare down but it also means that I have a home it doesn't have very much, but what it does have are things that are of extremely high value to me, things that I absolutely love. I have a few things that I have moved with again and again. I have an old sweater. My husband is like, why do you still have this thing? This sweater is older than our marriage. And he's like, this is so old. Why do you have this? I have this weird tapestry that I picked up in my early 20s. I love it. A few other little keepsakes, you know, a couple of pictures from high school, but very few things. Ironically, however, there are little bits of journals and notebooks that I meant to take with me, but couldn't carry at the time that are stashed in random places now throughout Canada. So I imagine that when I'm long gone and somebody wants to research me for some reason, hint, there are random um, notebooks and things hidden throughout Canada. Have fun. <laughs> I think that's funny because I imagine that someday I will be extremely famous in some way, like, like, JK Rowling or something and that somebody will want to go and find all of these old things of mine and put them in a museum somewhere. 
These are these are some of the indulgences of my imagination that I'm sharing with you. But what what imaginations do you have? Why are you keeping some of the things that you're keeping? Who do you imagine is going to come along and look at them? And what experience do you want them to have if and when they find them? Interesting things to consider. Now, going back to why it's hard to say goodbye sometimes, part of the reason is our brain appreciates the known, what is familiar, and is afraid of the unknown, and it doesn't know what it's going to do without XYZ, whether that's a relationship, an item, a habit, etc. If we don't have this thing in our life, if we don't have this way of self-soothing, if we don't have the Netflix, if we don't have extra bread, if we don't have the cookies, if we don't have, you know, whatever it may be, how are we going to cope? And your brain doesn't even like imagining living without the thing. But I want to assure you that you absolutely can. It is amazing what we can do without. And I think that's kind of the idea behind like, man shall not live on bread alone. Like we're obsessed with our bread. We want the things. We want our food. We want our pleasures. We want our basic necessities, of course. But There's more to life than that. And you don't live on those things alone, but you live on the word of God and not just the scripture in the Bible, but the living word of God in your heart. When you need compassion, when you need soothing, when you need comfort, it's not going to come from cookies and cream. It's going to come from Christ within. So although you don't want to feel sad and you don't want to feel deprived, that is the path forward. We have to move through those emotions. So yeah, letting the things go and then experiencing the emptiness of it, like I'm experiencing with my office, is it feels like deprivation and it isn't a good feeling. Like I don't like being in my office and feeling like, oh, I have nothing. I've been doing all this work and there's nothing to show for it. And I don't have this and I don't have that. And my brain can get stressed out. But that's not necessary. That's something our brains will do. And we don't have to follow them all the way down that rabbit hole. We can kind of rein it back in and redirect our mind towards, you know what you do have? You've got a closet that you can do a podcast in and there's no echo in there. You've got plenty of like padding from all those dresses you've brought across the world with you. That, And by the way, I, it's funny, I'm, I'm saying this because I'm in a closet full of dresses that I don't wear 94% of the time. I very, I'm a shorts and a t-shirt kind of person. And I have some really cute dresses and I do wear them occasionally. But mm, <laughs> the reality is my wardrobe is consistently like jean shorts and tank tops. And that's like, that's my, that's my go-to style and uniform. And so for me, one of the thoughts that comes up is like, oh, but if I get rid of these dresses, I won't be able to go shopping for a new dress for a really long time. And then, you know, I might have to go to a funeral or I might need to like speak on stage and I'll have nothing to wear. So I have to keep these things that I don't like wearing that don't even fit me properly knowing full well that if I had to do one of those things, I could certainly make an outfit out of something else. Or like, really, I could go get a new outfit. But the brain doesn't like those ideas. The brain enjoys its stories of scarcity, like, oh, you can't afford a new dress. or you can't do this and you can't do that. It allows you to hold on to the things you don't need a little longer. 
And more importantly, it allows you to feel justified in doing so. Our brains love the feeling of justification. So if we can justify something, that is a great emotion for doing the thing. So when it comes to stalling and procrastinating and putting things off, if we can justify it, it feels like, of course, of course I would not do it right now. Of course, I would procrastinate because justification is a very unhelpful emotion, but it feels really, really good in the moment. Whereas deprivation feels like a horrible emotion, and yet it actually can serve us really, really well. Think about losing weight. You know, if you are depriving yourself of an extra thousand calories that you don't need from, you know, supersizing your Happy Meal, then you're going to feel deprived, but you're also going to lose weight. And so even though the deprivation feels terrible, it's actually serving you. Not that you want to overly fixate on the emotion of deprivation, but All you have to do is allow it to be there. I've shared with you before that when we allow an emotion, they only last about 90 seconds. If we will just allow ourselves to feel it all the way through. You've heard me tell you that emotions are like a bell and a hammer. Our thoughts are like the hammer that hits the bell and the emotion is the ringing of the bell. Now, if we just hit it once... The bell is going to ring, but it's only going to ring for about 90 seconds. The reason negative emotions last so long is because we ruminate on them and we keep hitting the hammer on the bell over and over and over again. And then we kind of get like a chorus of the bells, a choir of the bells going. We're hitting all the negative emotion bells at the same time. We're getting this ripple effect and it's really, really loud. And then in order to kind of smother the sounds, we cover them with food or other indulgences. We start entertaining ourselves to distract ourselves so we don't have to feel so much so that we can quiet that sensation rather than just putting down the hammer, right? So that is always available to you as an option. Say goodbye to that thought, put it down, say goodbye to bringing it up over and over again, just laying it down, laying it to rest. So as you are wrapping up 2022. And I want to encourage you to do some work around gratitude, appreciate all that you have, appreciate all that you've been given, but also recognize that sometimes we have too much. We have too much stuff, too much clothes, too much stories, too many friends, too much food, too much debt, too many excuses. And Just because we are grateful for the presence of something in our lives doesn't mean that we should continue to have it in our lives. We can be grateful and let it go, right? I can be grateful that I have access to amazing food, but that doesn't mean I have to eat it all. I can be grateful that I have been blessed with beautiful clothes, and that doesn't mean I want to keep them all. So, Don't let your gratitude for something stop you from saying goodbye to it. It's better to let things go in peace rather than pieces. It's good to say goodbye with gentleness and openness and trust that if you need something, you'll find a way to get it. 
you'll never be without. Trust yourself enough to recognize if I need a different pair of shoes, I'm going to go get it. If I need XYZ, I'm going to go get that for myself. I don't need to hang on to my size four jeans just in case I ever lose that 100 pounds. What I do need to do is let go of all those jeans I wore when I was 22 and buy some comfortable pants that are really flattering and comfortable for who I am today for the body that I'm living in today. So give yourself permission to make space for what you want to have in your life. And remember, you don't always have to wait for God to prune you down. You can opt to be pruned ahead of time. You know, I think about the festivities and the fasting throughout the Bible. And we're very eager to do the the festivities, right? We want the feasts, but we're reluctant to do the fasting. And throughout the Old Testament, one of the things I noticed is that when people put off fasting, the simple fasts that God asked them to do, they would end up experiencing famines. So if you didn't come to it voluntarily, voluntarily, you would end up being forced into it. And it was never as much fun that way. So I want to encourage you to just volunteer to be a living sacrifice. And I don't mean sacrificing in a way that is against yourself, where you're doing harm to yourself, but in a way that is just about pruning back what no longer serves you so that you can make room for greatness in your life. Focus on the few things that you want to invest your time in, you want to take care of, that you want to spend time, you know, owning, having, cherishing. What can you cherish in your life rather than just tolerate? If you're tolerating it, that's not a good emotion. Don't tolerate clutter. Don't tolerate cupboards and drawers full of excess stuff just in case, in case of a rainy day. You know, give yourself the space and freedom to have drawers that are full of things you genuinely love and want to have in your life. Because truly great things are worth taking care of. If you're not taking care of it, it's probably not that great. Really great things from relationships to clothing to habits to whatever. You know, if it's really worthwhile, you'll spend the time taking care of it. You'll spend the time cleaning it. You'll restore it. You'll, you'll put in the effort that is required to maintain greatness when you choose greatness and stop settling for "Ah, it's good enough there's nothing wrong with it so why would I get rid of it let yourself let go and really enjoy the great fruit of whatever God is putting in your life make conscious decisions about what you are allowing into your space, into your mental space, into your emotional space, into your physical space. And don't make the mistake of thinking that something has to have failed in order to let it go, or that if you let it go, it means it was a failure. Like failure doesn't have to have anything to do with this. You don't have to wait for a relationship to fail to say it's, it's enough, it's time, I'm ready to move on. Thank you for the beautiful friendship that we've shared together, and I'm no longer going to continue it. Not because you did anything wrong, not because I've done anything wrong, just because this season of our relationship has ended. 
Because when we don't do that, here's one of the hazards is we will sabotage so that we have a reason to leave. We think that we need a reason that is good enough. Like we'll start doing very self-indulgent, toxic behaviors or we'll wait for them. Like we kind of gaslight each other. This is in toxic relationships and it's really unhealthy. So don't get to that point. Just allow yourself if you recognize, nope, this relationship isn't going anywhere for me. It's not what I would like to have in my life. It's okay to just say thank you and goodbye. Now, you know that I always want to take this work to the next level with you. And that's why to help you wrap up 2022 and start 2023 on solid ground, on a solid foundation of love, I am creating the most amazing program. It's just 10 days to help you gain closure and start really cultivating the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So we've got 10 days of vision planning and laying that foundation to help you honor your God-given desires, especially your desire for love and marriage. But honestly, there are some of you who are thinking about 2023 and you're like, oh yeah, 2023 is the year I meet my person. That's the year I get married. That's the year I really go into dating and I do all the things. and It's really exciting. And there are some of you who you're not there yet. Maybe 2023 is the year you heal. Maybe 2023 is the year you focus on yourself. Don't be in such a rush to reach that end goal because you think that married is better than single. Single might be just perfect for you, even if you've been single for a really long time. You might want to spend the next year just focusing your attention and energy on enjoying being single. Because have you done that yet? Have you learned how to enjoy this status, this relationship status, or are you seeing it as a burden? Because sometimes we are really like we think we have certain burdens that are actually blessings. And we think we have certain blessings that are actually burdens. So I have put together a program and it's going to be available inside the Foundations for Love membership. And it's already, if you are a member, you will have immediate access to Lesson 1 on December 31st, all about closure. I'm going to help you take inventory of everything in your life so that you can declutter, so that you can let go, so you can say goodbye, so you can express that gratitude and really make the decision about what's going to come with you into 2023. And if you're not a member, why not? It is an amazing opportunity. You get so much good stuff. You get private coaching. You get my uh, my signature course, Ready for the One. You get a 31 digital detox program and a bunch of other stuff. Like there is amazing, amazing stuff inside that program and you're going to absolutely love it. So if you're not in it, I highly recommend you join because even if you don't love it, you're only signing up for one month at a time. If you don't love it, you're free to unsubscribe and you've only paid a maximum of $50 for a month worth of amazing content. You get all of it 
instantly on demand. So there's there's really no risk involved. You're going to get a private coaching session where if you have any questions about it, you can ask me directly. If you have certain things you are struggling with, we can talk about them. You know, the thing I love about coaching is that it's so personal. It's it's about whatever you're experiencing at any given moment. I have so many women who will come and they think they want to talk about XYZ, but what's really coming up for them is this emotion that they're having. And so we spend time working through it. And I sit with them in it. I sit with them in the uncomfortable emotions. I listen to their stories. I witness what they're going through. And it's healing. It's helpful. And it serves a beautiful purpose. It's an opportunity for them to enter into a sacred space and meet with the compassion of Christ there. That is what I always want to offer my clients is a compassionate place in which to unload and remove all of those burdens and cut those ties in a safe and healthy, compassionate space. And that's what I provide through my coaching sessions. And if you would like to be part of that, I want you to head over to Proverbs2426.com slash love and sign up today because we're starting on December 31st. It's going to be absolutely amazing and I want you to be there. So the last thing I want to say before I let you go is that When you do decide to say goodbye, I want you to commit to your goodbye. You know, the Bible says that a dog goes back to its vomit. And that to me is a very visceral image. And it reminds me that there are certain things that I gave up in my life that I don't want to ever go back to. Like smoking, for example. I used to smoke. And Only a dog goes back to their vomit. Only a dog thinks, huh, I just threw that up. But you know what? I'm still hungry. So there's nothing else here. I might as well go right back to it. That is not the way the children of God behave. We want to behave from a place of if I let go of something, if something comes out of me, if I release something from my life, I don't have to worry about lack. I don't have to worry about deprivation. I might experience that because that's an emotion, but it's not a reality. Really listen to me when I say that. I might experience deprivation as an emotion, but never as my reality. The experience of deprivation is a sensation you will have in your body, but it is not your reality. Your reality is the kingdom of God. Your reality is abundance. Your reality is fruitfulness. Your reality is blessings. Your reality is goodness. Your reality is God. And there is no lack in Christ. So my friend, Stay true to your goodbyes and step into freedom. Thank you. Thank you so much for the past year. Thank you for being on this journey with me as I've done amazing things and shared my experiences with you as you've done amazing things and shared your experiences with me. It has been so wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the very bottom of my heart for all the blessings and kindness you've shown me for listening to me week after week, for sharing this podcast, for helping me set up solar panels, for 
being with me in the programs that I've been creating for you, for showing up for the group coaching calls, for all of it. I appreciate you so, so, so much. Thank you for being here. I am looking forward to the year ahead and to serving you with everything I've got from the very bottom of my heart. I look forward to all of it. I'll see you in 2023. And I very much hope to see you inside the Foundations for Love program. Again, head over to Proverbs2426.com slash love to sign up today. Until next week, God bless you. Forever Love Podcast. I am your host and relationship coach, Lily Matanguiza. And if you would like to join us on this journey, go over to Proverbs2426.com slash love, all in lowercase letters, please. Otherwise, it doesn't quite work. But Proverbs2426.com slash love to join the Foundations for Love program. You will get instant access to all of my courses, which include my signature course, Ready for the One, plus the 31-day challenge, the Relationship Starter course, devotionals, meditations, relationship conversations, scripts, and questions to help you get started. Um, There's just a ton of material and resources available to you within the Foundations for Love program. I wanted to give you everything you might possibly need on this journey, plus coaching. You will get private one-on-one coaching with me as part of this program, and you can get started today for just $49 per month. And so I want to encourage you, head over to Proverbs2426.com slash love and get started because even though you might not believe this is possible for you, I know it is. I know that you can enjoy a Christ-centered and godly marriage, that you can go out and pursue love in a way that is beautiful, healthy, and honors you and your relationship with God. I want to help you make that a reality, and I am here to support you every step of the way. So head over to Proverbs2426.com slash love and get started today.